It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, welcome back to the Utah Puck Report for episode 11. Episode 11. 11 weeks in. It's pretty crazy that we're uh, this far into the season. And uh, it just happens to be uh, recorded over Christmas break, so we get to have a very special guest in the studio, Mason Manick. Thanks for, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Mason, I, I say this every episode is that I've known whoever's been in here since they're a little kid, but man, I've known you since the day you were born, and... Uh, it's 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 fun to see how things are going for you and developing, and I've got tons of questions. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so uh, Mason, for those who don't know, is out of Harriman, Utah, and is currently playing in the WHL, so the top junior league in Canada, and you're p- playing for the Portland Winterhawks, mm-hmm. and man, you've had uh, you've put together quite an amazing uh, story. How old are you now? Uh, Eighteen. Eighteen years old. Two thousand birth year. <laughs> And the the coaches that you've already had, the places that you've played, and the things you've already done are pretty phenomenal. And it seems like quite a fun ride. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy. I moved away pretty early, and I think to myself, like, I don't even know what my parents were thinking. Yeah. Let me leave that early. And, and everybody we've had in here has, uh, well, except for, we've had a couple late bloomers, uh, like Daniel Brickley yeah. didn't get out of here until after high school. But it seems like, and we just talked about the road to Colorado. Um, I was talking with the Hallorans. Is it just seems like that's a thing. So first, let's start off. Um, you, what's your first hockey team? What's the first hockey team that you remember playing for? Um, the Utah Junior Grizzlies. The Junior Grizzlies. Yeah. And uh, for how many years on your voicemail did it say, thanks for calling Mason for, from the Utah Junior Grizzlies? Oh, my gosh. I don't even know. Probably like until I was <laughs> – I think I even had it when I went to Colorado. Yeah. I don't even think I changed it. <laughs> Oh, that was pathetic. No, it, it wasn't because you were super excited to be playing. What's your first hockey memory? Like you, growing up, your your dad played. And uh, so what's your first hockey memory? Um, honestly, probably, probably scoring my first goal. And ironically enough, it was on Tegan. Oh, really? So, yeah, I'll never forget that for whatever reason, but it's pretty funny. What was this in? Was this travel team or was no, this? No, that was in House League or whatnot. House League, all right. But. Uh, you and my son grew up together and when you were younger, you spent a ton of time together. I have, yeah. and I'm going to, and I'm going to post some of these pictures and I know you've seen some of them. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen them recently. I have pictures of you guys playing like your, your diapers and you're playing like with the, the shinny hockey sticks. I have pictures of you guys playing, uh, you know, darts yeah. or the, the Nerf dart yeah. laser tag type stuff. I like, I have great pictures of you guys growing up. So your first goal was against my son. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, and what's, when did you know that you wanted to be a hockey player? Was it just something that was always in you? Yeah. Ever since the day I started playing, I've, it's just been my thing. I love it. Every, every second of the day I wanted to be at the rink. Yeah. And then when you weren't at the rink, you were able to come home, throw on the inline skates yeah. and go play on tennis courts or <laughs> yeah, just... me and my cousin Braden and my best friend Hunter, we would 
spent hours and hours rollerblading, playing wherever we could find. It's pretty. It's, it was pretty fun. Yeah. I've had your dad on rollerblades before. Has he ever told you about that? <laughs> no. <laughs> He's, I think he has a scar. That might be why he has that stupid beard. Is uh, The first time we were playing in a, like, a pretty legit roller hockey tournament, and he'd never played roller hockey before, and he took a slap shot and didn't realize you couldn't lean as far forward on inline skates <laughs> and ate it, like just went face down into the, <laughs> into the roller rink and cut his chin pretty good. That's hilarious. I wish we had pictures of that. I got to start interrogating him more about those stories. Yeah, he's got your dad's got tons of stories, and if he won't tell you, come to me and I, and and we can make a whole show of where we just tell stories about your dad. All right. <laughs> and Bryce, Bryce, yeah, Bryce has tons of stories too. All right, so you're you're playing for the Utah Junior Grizzlies, and you're growing up. And at what time uh, do you remember when you're like, I need to leave Utah? Do you remember having that thought come to your head? Um. I don't think it was necessarily me wanting to leave. Is the opportunity just kind of came upon us, and I played for. So when I moved, I played for the Thunderbirds, and we played against them in a tournament in Colorado or whatnot. And the coach, which was Adam Foot at the time, yeah. kind of reached out to us, and so that's when we were like, "Wow, maybe we should kind of start considering this." So I mean, when Adam Foot says something, you know, yeah. longtime NHL player, I mean, it kind of like perked our ears, and it worked out phenomenally. I'm surprised that uh, with your dad being such a Red Wings fan that he would allow you to talk to Adam Foote. Um, yeah, that was a big problem because I ended <laughs> up living with Adam, and that did not go over well. There was many cases. I think it was we played in a spring tournament that summer, and my dad had a Red Wings phone case, and him and Adam went out to the bar, and he came back to the hotel, and his phone didn't have a case anymore. <laughs> and we asked him about it, and he's like, yeah, Adam took my phone case off and threw it across the bar, hit a ceiling fan, and I haven't seen it since. Oh, <laughs> nice. That's so funny. So how old are you when you first leave? Uh, 14. 14. And you go from playing in Utah, being coached by guys like me and your dad, to playing in Colorado, being coached by Adam Foote and Joe Sackick's in yeah, there too, right? Joe Sackick. So two NHL legends. I don't, I don't know. Are they already in the Hall of Fame? Um, Joe is. Adam, not yet. Okay. That's just amazing. So you're tell me how different is that? How when you're day one at practice, is your head spinning a little bit? Uh, yeah, day one was probably one of the scariest days of my life because I mean you got so much to think about. I mean you're 14 years old leaving home, then you're trying to impress Hall of Famers, future Hall of Famers, yeah. playing with their kids like it. It's crazy, but it was it was so cool. Okay, so you get your first season under your belt, and uh, then you. You didn't live with Adam your first year, did you? No, I actually lived with Bronson Fox. Um, All right. And his his mom is a flight attendant for Southwest, and she moved out there with us. She changed her base to Denver, which was worked out amazingly. We had an apartment there, and so I lived with them. But we spent a lot of time with the Foots at their house when she was traveling and whatnot. But. Okay, so um, was there a time where you were, like, just kind of overwhelmed with what the message Adam's trying to tell you? Because uh, I found that a lot of kids – come out of Utah and they don't have some of the basic um, hockey knowledge. Like the skill sets there. You can skate and you can shoot and you can pass. But you don't understand like the divisions on the ice or the dis- different systems. Or I remember getting a hold of a few kids that at 18 years old didn't know what it meant to or to what it means to reverse the puck behind yeah. the net and stuff like that. Did you, were you, was there a learning curve there when you got there? Yeah, that was probably the first time I actually played in like a system. And I think that took me, I mean, I don't know, you just soak it all up, right? You're still you're still 14, so you're having fun with it. So, right. I mean, it's easier to learn, when, like, if that's the case. But, I mean, 
playing in a system was kind of different. You didn't have as much freedom. But, I mean, other than that, it was, I mean, you know. So you go um, Thunderbirds. How long were you with the Thunderbirds? Uh, three years. Three years. And then at what point do they start talking to you about playing juniors? Um, my first year is when – so the WHL draft was um, after my first year in Colorado. So that happened. The talking was throughout the whole year, basically. But I only actually got talked to by one team, which is Saskatoon. I didn't hear from any teams, nothing. I uh, I wasn't drafted either. Yeah. And then the USHL teams, they started talking like the year after because my draft year for that was the year after. So my first two years, it was pretty big. And then um, I got an invite to Portland's camp after my first year. And honestly, I kind of just went there because location-wise, it was close to home. And obviously, it's one of the most, or one of the most highly regarded teams throughout the whole CHL. So I didn't think I could go wrong. We should try it. I mean, I didn't even know if I wanted to do WHL because there's you know that big division between NCAA and yeah. Major Junior and whatnot. But I went to their camp and I just fell in love. And I knew from that day that that's where I wanted to be. And that seemed to be the case with your parents too. And I've talked about it with the college players before. There has to be some emotional connect mm-hmm, with the teams. Sure. But were you you were drafted into the USHL, weren't you? I was not my first year, but my the second year I was drafted to Omaha. But and you were basically already committed to Portland. Um, yeah, it's kind of a sore subject with Omaha. So what happened was, the draft was, let's say it was May fifth. But I signed with Portland on like May third, and so they couldn't release it that I signed with Portland. Oh. And so. I get like I remember I was in like science class or something. My phone starts blowing up and I'm like, "Congrats, congrats!" And I'm like, "What are you guys talking about?" And I I get a picture of my mom and I was drafted to Omaha and I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah. And because I was already I was already with Portland, so I get a call from the Lancers coach and they're like congratulating me on being part of the team and I'm just like, "What do I do?" So I told them that I already signed with Portland and that was not a fun conversation. Yeah, I remember your mom telling me about that. So he was not. Who uh, the Omaha coach was not polite. Yeah, I went. Yeah, polite stuff and not the word. And you're 15, 16, 17? How old uh, are you? Eighteen. Fifteen at the time. You're fifteen years old. And this, uh, no, sixteen. Sorry, sixteen. This coach is verbally abusing you about yeah. already committing somewhere else. All right, and I, I don't know if if you know behind the scenes. Um, even before the draft, I wanted to get you somewhere else in the USHL, and I kept. Mm. Uh, for me, and I want to I want to talk about this with you because. A lot of Utah parents don't understand what happens here. But uh, when you commit to the WSHL, I mean, to the WHL, you or any major junior team, you lose your NCAA eligibility. Mm-hmm. And so that's – but they pay for you to go to school. Yeah. So can you, can you explain to us a little bit about how that works as far as what's their educational commitment to you now? Yeah, so I think that's one of the things that was – I mean, everyone kind of thinks, like, major junior and CHL and whatnot, there's, like, no school, nobody does anything. But I, th- I think that's so wrong. I mean, in my contract, they base – so you get a scholarship for – you get one year of free school from the first game you play and every year after that. So I potentially – if I finish out my 20-year-old year in Portland, I'll have five years of free college. And they base that off of the most expensive school – in your hometown. So mine's like the University of Utah. So I basically get um, five years of free school. Um, sorry, I get five years of free school at the price of University of Utah or less. 
Okay. But that could be anywhere in North America. All right. So how do they decide what's – because I can tell you as a parent that's paying for the other school that Westminster is way more expensive than the U. Yeah. So how come they're not, not, not shelling out forty grand a year? How do they decide which school? Um, do you know? It's just the one – it's just based off your home – like the closest, most expensive in your hometown. Okay. Okay. So um, – well, That's what I heard anyway, I guess, as – Maybe not if Westminster is that. <laughs> well, yeah, like the U's eleven grand a year and Westminster's like thirty eight grand a year. But I don't know. But, That's just what I heard. I, didn't I don't know. Too far let's, into it. let's go. Let's go back at them and get some more money. Yeah, maybe. All right. So, does how hard was it, or did it even become a factor for you? Because you're like, okay, well, I get to play until I'm twenty, and I get to play in Portland. And this team, how do you know how long the Portland Winterhawks have been around? Long time. Yeah. I don't know exactly, but a long time. Like 40-plus, yeah. maybe even more than that. I, yeah. sh- I should have looked that up. But, uh, I mean, you're playing for a team that's put a ton of guys in the NHL. You have a guy on your team now who's a first-round draft pick mm-hmm. who's got NHL games under his belt mm-hmm. in uh, Glass. Mm-hmm. Cody Glass? Yeah. And uh, so you've got you've got the possibilities there. You've got a, uh, a awesome team to play for, but you're giving up the opportunity to play for – Michigan or North Dakota or, you know, whatever. How heavy did that weigh on you? What were what were the deciding factors there? Um, honestly, I was so set on Portland and everything about it. I didn't ever t- – I think I've talked to one D1 school, and so I didn't even know if that was going to be a possibility down the road. Yeah. And so I think that was also a deciding factor. But, I mean, you talk about guys that they've put to the NHL, and even my team last year, we had Kiefer Bellows first-round pick, Dennis Chalowski first-round pick. Henry Yokiharu first round pick. I mean, these are my guys like we're rooming with on the road, and I'm spending every day with them. Like you're learning pro habits from these guys as a 17 year old from Utah. Like it's pretty surreal. And so I think playing with guys and being surrounded with NHL type players and NHL type coaches every day, and I mean, the draft or whatever happens, that is going to be the three years I have for that is going to be while I'm in Portland. And so I thought, I mean. I'm playing against the best players in the world. I might as well just give it a shot for see what happens until I'm 20. But you know, is this your draft year? Ah, uh, yeah. All right, that's and that's what I thought. Um, so you last year you come out and in your rookie season you get Portland's rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. So that's got to boost your confidence a little. Yeah, for sure. And then I mean you had a great year and it's fun. Like if anybody's friends with your mom on any social media we know we know every move you make every yeah. every time you get a haircut but anyway it's 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 been fun to be able to watch that and then i i take a lot of that and i put it on our weekly report mm-hmm. um do you have any idea like have any nhl teams reached out to you yet um yeah there's been a couple but i mean it's just if it's anything like the juniors draft i mean you really don't know and i think one thing I do have um, is I have an agent now that I didn't have back then, and so I think most things really go through him. Yeah. So whatever. But, um, yeah, I kind of let him take care of that and just play hockey. I mean, that's really what we're – that's what I love to do, and so I try not to worry about the logistics a little too much and just kind of have fun with it. So you have the opportunity now because um, another thing that people may not know is um, the WHL or any major junior team, they cover all your expenses. Mm-hmm. You get – you still have to bill it with a family, mm-hmm. which that's one of the things I think separates hockey players from all the other professional athletes is that um, most of them have had to bill it. Mm-hmm. So they go from living at whatever home, you know, they grow up with their parents or whatever their home situation is, and then they get put in another family. And they have to 
learn to be respectful and learn to be empathetic to what's going on with the other family and learn by their rules. And then the next season they're with a different family or, you know, if they get traded or whatever, you have to learn. And I think that creates a humility within the hockey community that the interviews are better. You never hear, like with hockey players, you don't hear, I won this, I did this. It's always like, we, we, we. That's what, and I, I think that's the difference. But so you get billeted with a family, and you, they cover all your expenses, all your equipment. You play. How many games a year do you guys have? Uh, 68 this year. They just shortened it. It used to be 72. Yeah. So just barely different than an NHL schedule, yeah. where NCAA is playing about 40. Yeah. So you guys are playing 68 games a year, plus playoffs. Plus playoffs, yeah. Seven-game series? Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's the potential to put a lot of games there. Plus, they throw you a little, you know, get, you don't, you're not making tons of money, but you yeah. get paid a few hundred bucks a month or whatever to cover your expenses and to help. And that's why you get disqualified from the NCAAs. You get, yeah. you get money. Um, but now, for a, for an 18-year-old or a 17-year-old last year, you're making a couple hundred bucks, you've got money, you're self-sufficient, and you don't have to go to school. So you can completely focus on developing as a hockey player. Well, that's actually um, – Portland isn't like that, so they actually make you – we actually take college courses even this year that I'm in college. They make us take college courses, which I think is, like, satisfying for the parents. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, so we're taking a small business class, entrepreneurship, and a uh, a finance class right now. But I don't think – not every team in the league does that. It's just us. But um, and you have to obviously graduate high school to play and all that stuff. So, I mean, there is school involved, which people usually yeah. don't think there is. So, were, had you already graduated high school when you got there? No, I graduated from Harriman High School last year. I came back and to graduate and finished. Okay, so, and I know you've gone to school all over the place. Like yeah. you'd come home from Colorado and go to Harriman, or yeah. Um, have you ever played a game for Harriman High? Yeah, I played for a whole summer. Me and my best friend Hunter, we played uh, for Harriman. <laughs> well, that's cool. I mean, that's uh, that's got to be it was it's uh, it's got to be fun. I mean, yeah. but a guy like of your skill set to walk into a Utah high school game, you could probably walk end to end pretty easy if you well, if you wanted to. I mean, yeah. I'm not I'm not trying to put the high school down. I'm just saying that. Yeah, it, it's fun. I mean, it was. I think it was good for me too because I moved away from Harriman pretty early, and so I didn't really have like a good friend group like a solid friend group from Harriman so that was kind of like a social way for me to make friends too so and to skate with Hunter that was pretty fun well so. and that's I I tell people this all the time the best thing about just playing hockey wherever you go is you just picked up 20 friends yeah exactly and uh it just seems like hockey players can always get along with other hockey players so wherever you've played you come home and and maybe you've never seen anybody at Harriman High you're just the new kid even though you've lived there your entire yeah. life you're the new kid every year, and then you get to, you know, get on the ice with these guys and make friends. Yeah, exactly. I know every year I came back, the same question. I was like, oh, you're new here. I'm like, oh, I've been here <laughs> actually since I was like three years old, but I just went along with it. But, yeah, I mean, then I started playing and met some really good buddies. and Yeah, it's been, it was fun for sure. That's cool. Um, so your agent takes care of all the fielding any questions. So you, maybe you don't know what's in store for you. Um how is how is your season going this year compared to last year? Um, it's good. I'm playing a lot more. I mean, penalty kill, power play, all that stuff. I think I'm more of a like guy in the lineup that I can kind of count on making a difference every night, which is confidence wise is outstanding. 
I remember last year going into it, I just I didn't even know if I was going to play, if I was going to stay, if I even like belonged there. Because they don't guarantee you anything. Um, no. I mean, like, some kids they do, but I was just – I didn't even ask questions. As soon as I got a contract, I signed it. So, But, I mean, this year, confidence-wise, has been, I mean, good for me. I mean, I don't know if my numbers are exactly where I'd want them to be, but, I mean, I'm getting opportunities and everything, and so it's pretty, well, pretty and, good. And maybe you can educate me a little bit on what's going on uh, – it seems like at the beginning of the season you were bouncing into different lines and feeling like you're a role player. You're kind of the utility guy for a while, which um, some could see that as, uh, I don't know, maybe a slight, but coaches realize that a guy like you, and, and I've said this on my show before, you're the guy that we, they need. You're the Band-Aid. You, anytime they have a hole in a line or need something fixed, they seem to be putting you in there. Have you? Is, is that what you've been seeing, that you've been bouncing – on a couple lines, or are you on a stable line now? Yeah. Um, no, it's been changing actually a lot this year, more than I've probably ever seen. I mean, with especially right now, um, the World Juniors are going on, and as you mentioned, Glass, he's with uh, Team Canada right now, so the lines are kind of, you know, there's another hole and yeah. whatnot. But, um, you know, our team this year was kind of, we were, like, everyone was kind of uncertain, I feel like. And so I think even now we're still trying to figure things out. So I don't know if it's as much as, um, me trying to fill different holes and whatnot as we're trying to kind of figure things out. But, um, you know, it hasn't – last year it was, like, stable. Like, since the first game, it was the same thing the whole way through. And so it's kind of different this year. I mean, everything's changing every night, and you don't really know what's going to happen. But I think that's kind of good, too, playing at that level. I mean, you got to get chemistry with every – because in playoffs and whatnot, you don't know what's going to happen. And so being able to play with everyone's pretty, like – special yeah and then but and also having a guy like glass yeah. that he's going to be in and out of your lineup because if what if vegas needs him mm-hmm. you know they can they can pull him right out of your lineup yeah. or like the world juniors thing and there's uh there's something else right after world juniors um i know his name was kind of tossed around about the spangler cup i don't think i think they announced canada announced their roster and he's not on that yeah. um but that that does there's a lot of change, mm-hmm. and again, injuries, whatever, to have a guy, um, well, I guess your whole team has to kind of just keep changing their roles. Yeah. Um, how many games into the season are you, and how many points do you have? Uh, 34, and I'm at 14 right now. Okay. So, not bad, but yeah, like a little better. No, well, it's it's yeah. it's good. It's um, Do the coaches come out and tell you what role they want you to play, or do they just let you play? Um, yeah, so actually... I know you mentioned Don Hay oh, yeah. a couple podcasts ago. He coached here for the Grizzlies and yeah. all that stuff. But he kind of took me under his wing this year, and he's been he's been my guy. Lots of video work, and he he coached uh, Brendan Gallagher, and when he when he was in Vancouver, and he's kind of like we're both smaller guys, and he's like, this is if you want to play at like whatever level, he's like, this is how you're gonna have to play, and he's like, it's a hard way to play, but that's what's gonna have to happen. And so he's kind of molded me into this, you know, hard nosed blue collar yeah kind of guy stand in front of the net take a beating do whatever i can dig pucks out of the corner yeah and so i mean i can't even thank him enough for even ever since i mean i started off pretty slow but ever since we started working together i think my production's even gone up and whatnot and when did he come into this into your system he wasn't there at the beginning of the year was he yeah he's been here this whole the whole season yeah but he was a head coach in the dub last year right? he was with cam loops for a long time vancouver there's another team I don't really remember, but um, yeah, he's the winningest coach in WHL history. Yeah, so 
he scares the crap out of me as a player. Yeah. Yeah, he's That's what you think. We played against him. He was scary. I mean, he's, yeah. he's loud and he's a head coach and whatever, but he came here and he was just kind of like rolls with the punches, helps every single guy and I mean, we walk in the rink in the morning for school and whatever and everyone's I mean, you walk in and if you don't say hi to him, he's like gets on your case about it. Like he's pretty um like everyone loves to be around him. Yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah. And uh the opportunity, and that's why I mentioned it in the podcast before, is that he's. Uh, I'm I'm not an important player in the in the scheme of Utah Grizzlies, right? <laughs> I'm a last minute call up or or whatever, and he always took the time to help me with my game. And this was this was a long time ago, so I was in my still in my twenties, I think, when he mm-hmm. coached here. And then to even change the dynamics, his son was playing here at the time, mm-hmm. Daryl Hay, and uh, it was fun to because he's dead serious as a coach and he's scary and he he commands he doesn't demand he commands yeah. respect because you know he, he breaks down every system and can tell you exactly where you should be playing and yeah. if i remember right he was telling guys that they're like using the wrong curve and yeah. you know he can really see that mm-hmm. side of the game but it was funny also to he'd be barking at you and then have his kid chirp back at him a little bit and change the <laughs> dynamics a little bit it was always fun but uh, that's that's the other cool thing about playing in that league is you're you've got these coaches that just like you said the winningest coach in the dub yeah and that's a big deal that, the dub's been around forever yeah and it's uh, again it's put tons of guys in the NHL and they always talk about their junior clubs but they put tons of coaches in the NHL yeah. too and Don's been Don's coached professionally and I yeah. thought I'm trying to remember was that Dallas. That I think we were, I think Utah was affiliated with Dallas when he was here. Yeah, maybe. But anyway, because he was supposed to be the ne- next coach of the Dallas yeah. Stars, and then I think I don't know whatever happened to derail that. But it's amazing that you have the opportunity to play for those guys. Um, so now you you grind out through the season, and uh, what do you do here during the off season? How do you prepare yourself for another another season in the Dub? Um. Because well, last year you made a huge change, right? Yeah, I did. In previous years, I just kind of did my own thing. I didn't really. I mean, I worked out a lot and I skated a lot, but I didn't have as much of a structure. Yeah. But um, my mom has this friend, a trainer, and I got working with him, and that changed everything. Yeah. I just, I mean, I got stronger, faster, everything I could ever imagine. And then skating, I skate with Greg Lieb in the summer. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I told, I was... I don't know if you know, but I was telling your mom forever. I'm like, you got to get him with Greg. You yeah. got to get him with Greg. He is the best skater. And I know that doesn't only transport. I, I think he's the best at teaching kids how to skate. Yeah. But, man, when you watch him play hockey, it's yeah. it's unbelievable to watch yeah. that guy skate. It's so smooth. Yeah. It's And he actually he played in Spokane in the WHL, too. Yeah. So we kind of had a connection there. I remember I skated with him. Man, I got to be pretty young, and I hated it. I was like, I don't ever want to go back whatever. I mean, it was just what, and then we came in, I think we started talking at your camp, actually, when I was a counselor, and yeah. I got his information and whatever, and ever since then, I mean, we talk quite often, too, so. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. Such a, uh, he really analyzes everything. Oh, yeah. And so, for, for anybody out there that's looking for a great skating coach, again, yeah. I don't, I don't get paid to endorse anybody, that I'm not making any money off this, but this guy is phenomenal. There's a reason that, uh that I've always gone to him to, uh, I, I hire him right away yeah. when I know I need somebody to come in and teach kids skills. Mm. That's one of my first. And he cares too. He really cares about the development of Utah. I mean, he put together 
this camp, I think two years in a row where I don't even think he was making any money. I don't think all it was doing was causing stress for him, but I mean, he yeah. was doing everything for any age group. It was crazy. Yeah. He's, he's phenomenal. Okay. So you, you line up with the, what was the trainer's name? Uh, Michael Banks. Michael Banks. Yeah. And I've, I've seen some of the posts and yeah. some of the workouts that you guys do and it's, that's cool. It's different, mm-hmm. right? And you've got a, it's, there's more to, to, to developing as a hockey player than just going in and lifting weights. Yeah. You have to hit those fast twitch muscles. You have mm-hmm. to learn. So you, you change the way you eat too. Yeah, he put me on a pretty strict diet, which I've carried on to when I don't even work out with him. And I think that honestly has made a huge difference too. I mean, I don't ever wake up and feel like bad. Like sometimes when you're on long road trips and you get in at 3 a.m. and whatever, and you guys, all they give us on the bus is, you know, burger and fries or whatever because it's, you know, it's quick. and Road food, yeah. I think, I mean, I kind of took that in my own hands and bring my own food and whatever. And, I mean, I wake up and I feel 100% every day. I well, think it's a game changer. Yeah. I hear about it all the time. I just don't, I have no intention of making that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, I like what I eat. Yeah. But I'm also not trying to go pro at anything except yeah. for making podcasts. And I think you can get away with eating McDonald's and yeah. doing podcasts. <laughs> all right. So um, what what do you think is next for you? Um couple more years playing hopefully yeah hopefully i'll be in portland until however long it takes and just keep doing my thing and we'll see what happens after that how many fans do you get out at uh, in that arena um i think the most we've had is thirteen thousand, and on average probably about uh seven thousand eight thousand maybe similar to the grizzlies game yeah well i think grizzlies are this year uh, they say they average like five thousand six thousand yeah um our arena is like I don't know. It's it's a good size for that crowd. It's a hockey it gets, arena. It gets pretty loud. Yeah, you know? it's it's set to watch hockey. Yeah. It's, I mean, do they even do anything else there, or do they just? Keep... Um, for our, we have so we have like two rings. We have the Moda Center where the Trailblazers play. We'll play in there, um, when they're not using it. But other than that, we have the Memorial Coliseum, which is connected yeah. to the Moda Center, but that's ours. That's the one I've seen. That's yeah. the one I've been in. That's and that's. Fun, yeah, it's super fun. I love those. I love hockey buildings, and yeah. there's just something about being in these hockey buildings. Mm-hmm. Instead of being in an arena that has hockey, yeah. it's better to be in a hockey building that was yeah. built for hockey that and has cool. tons of banners in the in the wall, you know, up in the ceiling. And it's uh, I don't know. It just makes it a a more unique experience. Yeah, for sure. So where's the uh, where's the craziest place you played this? It's since you've been in Portland. Um, craziest fans, craziest fans, Seattle, hundred percent. Yeah, they chant Portland sucks the whole game. <laughs> like it doesn't even matter how many people are there. It like seems like the roof's gonna take off. Yeah, so that's your rival. Ah, uh, yeah, the Seattle Portland yeah. rivalry still. Yeah. Uh, just throw this out there. What do you think is gonna be the the name of the Seattle team now? You gotta. Oh gosh, I don't know. I've, I've heard some suggestions. I'm like, that's seriously. Yeah. Be a name of an NHL team. So they used to have the Metropolitans, right? So to be, and they won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. So a lot of people want to go back to that, but I cannot stand the name of the Seattle Mets. Yeah, I know it's, it's just weird. It's but not, I thought the same thing about Vegas too. It, like Golden Knights seemed weird, but yeah, it fits now. So. Well, and I was biased on that because the owner of the Knights is a West Point guy. Oh, really? And those, I when I first saw the jerseys, I'm like, those are horrible. <laughs> what are they thinking? And then my daughter pointed out. She goes. Those look just like West Point dress blues, yeah, or whatever they call them. Their Nutcracker uniform, yeah. 
And then it then it clicked in. And then, you know, they wanted to be the Black Knights, but West Point wouldn't let them be the Black Knights. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, so that I guess it's just one of the things you got to let it grow on you. Yeah, I guess. But, you know, the San Jose Sharks, that made sense because, yeah. you know, that was a new team when I was when I was young. And, mm-hmm. you know, those things made sense, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Seattle could be cool. And they could be, you know, that's going to – they're going to need an expansion draft. They're going to need guys out maybe out of the dub. Maybe they're looking. I know, hopefully. I mean, the more teams, the better for us, the yeah. more spots. So. Yeah, yeah. That'll be 32 teams. That's yeah. I, I was told one time, every time – we, there's a new NHL expansion that's 700 new jobs. Yeah. So when you think about the uh, all the jobs in the arena, all the players, you know that's you, they got to have 40, 50 players in their system. Yeah. Vegas isn't even there yet. People wonder why doesn't Vegas, why isn't Utah's Vegas AHL team? Mm-hmm. And it's because Vegas doesn't have enough players in their system for an yeah. AHL team yet. I mean, they could, they could do an expansion draft and go nuts with that, but. I, I, like a different expansion draft, yeah. which they've done in the past when uh, San Jose and those other teams came in the market, the yeah. Nashville and those teams came in. They went deep in the draft and put players that shouldn't be drafted. And yeah. so what they're trying to do is build that up. And so that, that opens more opportunities. And it seems like these CHL guys are the ones that get drafted or get opportunities in the A or in the East Coast yeah. League. So uh, have you thought about where you're going to go to school when you're done playing? Um. Not a lot, but I'm probably just, you know, University of Utah, stay home. Yeah? But, yeah. Play club there? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, do you have any idea what you want to do? Like, what kind of a degree you're going to look for? Um, I'll probably, I'm interested in my dad's, you know, his. Oh, business. be an electrician? Yeah. So, or just run the business? Uh, you could be your dad's boss. Yeah, I know. I don't know if he'd let me do that, but. <laughs> Um, if you're the one with the degree and you know how to run a yeah. business, uh, I mean, he's been successful at it so far. Yeah, but. I know. Um, he's a pretty good, pretty good guy to learn from. So yeah, he's a pretty good guy all around. I love your dad. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so some of the uh, a couple of questions I like to ask every player that comes through is exclude your family. You can't say my mom, my dad, my uncle, any of that. Tell me who is somebody that's really helped you get to where you are now. Adam Foot, hundred percent. Adam Foot. He's been. He's been right by my side. I mean, we still talk to him. Yeah. Like every week. Yeah, I know. You're... I'm best friends with this kid, Nolan. Um, but he's honestly, he's probably the reason I'm even in the WHL yeah. for today. And I knew he had a lot of influence in getting you in there. Yeah. And uh, I really, again, and I, I'm so proud of you for being there. And, and I love everything you're doing. And I, it comes, like, I get accused of maybe gloating about you a little too much when we talk <laughs> about where you're at. But I am super proud of you, even though I wanted you to go to the USHL and yeah. I wanted you to go NCAA. I just think that's eight years of playing. Yeah. In my defense, I think you play four years juniors, you get four years at, at NCAA. You know, you come out of there 24 years old. Yeah. And that, that's just a lot of opportunity to, you know, to grow and play for some big yeah. clubs. But it's got, it's, it's playing in the dubs, amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, I can see both sides of it. I just had my. Yeah, I you think know. that was one thing about making the decision too. You kind of just like there's so many people, like so many people that are just like do this, do that. And oh yeah. You got to kind of just, you know, turn the phone off and sit in a room by yourself and really break down the pros and cons of each. So. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I tried to get you drafted by Dubuque, and you know, I, I know the coaching staff there pretty well. And then when you didn't get drafted by Dubuque and you got drafted by Omaha, and I just let it go. Because yeah. I think there was still a chance to get you out of the dub, but anyway. Okay, so Adam Foote, and that's an amazing – It's 
I love the fact that your your dad is best friends with yeah. like with Adam Foot, who he hated. Yeah. Like your dad could not stand those guys <laughs> as players. He was such a diehard Red Wings fan, and that was those were those bloodbath games. And so it's just funny to hear some of those stories. Um, eh, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so and then what would you tell a thirteen-year-old Mason Manic today, or what would you tell a young kid who's, you know? Is coming home from school and throwing on the inline skates and has visions of playing in the dub or visions of further in their career. What's your advice to a Utah player? Um, probably I would say no matter what happens, one, don't compare yourself to others, and two, just work as hard. Like, I know it sounds cliche, but like you have to be the hardest working player every single time you're on the ice. But with that, you have to just, I mean, you just got to love it. And you just got to... Every time you throw on the skates, I mean, I remember I just couldn't sleep at night. I was so excited for practice in the morning. Yeah. And so I think it's just, you know, got to have fun. But, I mean, no matter what happens, you just you got to keep pushing. When I didn't get drafted, I remember that was like – I just thought it was the end of the world. Like, absolutely, I was just – Well, especially uh, if you're best friends with Foot's kid. Is it, did yeah. he get drafted in the NHL already? Um, the older son did. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, he went to Tampa Bay. But, um, yeah, that's the thing is, like, I was playing with – my line was Nolan Foot and Brian Lochner in Colorado, and they both high draft picks, and we all put up the same amount of numbers, but, like, I didn't get drafted. So I was like, what the heck, like, what's going on? Whatever, so, I mean, just pushing through, I mean, adversity is going to, especially being from Utah, I mean, yeah. you don't always get, you always kind of draw the short straw a little bit, so, I mean, just just push as hard as you can, just push, push, push. How tall are you? Oh, 5'8 on a good day. 5'8, all right. How much do you weigh? Uh, 165. Okay, 5'8", 165. So, and those, I mean, you can't do anything about that except for work and show that you're willing yeah. to work. And there are tons of guys in the NHL now. Like, the one thing that kept Greg Lieb out of the NHL was the fact that he was a smaller guy. Yeah. One of the most skilled guys you'll ever see definitely has NHL skills, but it was a small guy. The league has changed now, and smaller guys can easily make their way through there. And I don't know why draft people don't see that as as. Yeah. Well, dub. It seems like the dub still drafts bigger guys, or all the CHL teams. Yeah, well, it's so young the draft for the WHL too. So yeah, it's like kids are hitting their growth spurt like two years after the draft even happens. Right. So, so a lot of that's just guesswork. So yeah. it's good. Um, nobody's nobody's said that yet to not compare yourself to somebody else. Yeah. So that's great advice. Um, and and I've said it in other episodes but the guy that gave me the most advice the guy that i always went back to until he passed away for any advice i needed not just on hockey but raising my kids was jp parisi and that one one thing his coaching advice always was never be outworked because yeah. and he would never allow his teams if you weren't a guy that was going to work you just wouldn't be on his team yeah, exactly so I mean, he has tons of other just amazing philosophies, but uh, those are that's, a, that's amazing advice and that's uh, a great story. We love we love what's going on with you and yeah, thank you. Everybody in Utah is super proud of you and we're excited about what's what's in the future for you. Yeah. And uh, you know we're uh, you're definitely doing what you need to do on your end. The work's there. The it's it proves itself on the ice every time you're out there. Um, and we love seeing how excited your parents are about it. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and seeing Charmin at every game in a jersey and, and doing her boomerang Snapchats, whatever <laughs> they're called. But it's a lot of fun, and uh, I just want to thank you for making time on your Christmas break to come in and, yeah, of course, and share your fun. story with us. And, uh, again, if, uh, if you want to hear more about what's going on with Utah hockey, 
We've got the Facebook page, which we do the weekly updates, and you'll see pictures and videos of Mason and all the other Utah players. Uh, if you're looking to subscribe to this podcast, which you should do for sure, just go to the KSL Sports app. Go to the KSLSports.com. Text the word PUCK to 57500. Uh, there's a thousand different ways you, sub- you can subscribe. iTunes, I mean, just hit the little subscribe button. It's all there. And uh, Mason, once again, thanks, thanks so much for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was, that was fun. Good luck this season. Yeah, I appreciate it. Okay, that's it. This is the Utah Puck Report, and we're out.